You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. All right. Praise God. I'm sure there is a pile of kids up there. Yes. By looking at everybody in here, there's a pile of kids up there. Tyler, do what? You got a bus? She already has to start getting a bus. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Title of this message is Ask Yourself. And I, it hit me one day. I mean, it just kind of dropped in my spirit. You know, what questions are you asking that challenges you to be the answer? And I was like, hey, what? And I mean, it just kind of hit me. You know, what, what questions are you asking that challenges you to be the answer? And here's the thing. Our giants have an expiration date. Our giants all have an expiration date. But the problem is we get distracted in fighting battles that's not, and it delays us from actually killing our giant. There's all these little distractions and these noises that takes place that keeps us from focusing on the actual giant that we're facing. What is a giant? Anything trying to define what you're going through or what is robbing us of what God has ordained. That's a giant. That's a mountain. Anything that's trying to define or distracts you, come on, from what God has ordained in your life. That's what a giant and that's what a mountain is. And and so... Anything outside of that, it's just not God. It's not what his word says. Listen, and and if you don't get anything I say, get this. You define the moment. Don't let the giant or the mountain define your moment. Don't let what's coming at you trying to distract you of what God ordained for you distract you. You define the moment, not what's coming against you. Come on, are y'all in here? 1 Samuel chapter 17. Because let me tell you something. Let me just throw this out there. End times, politics, media, all that is distractions. All that's just distractions. The culture. All that's just a distraction. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath. Listen, and we've all heard this story a million times. We've all heard it preached a million times. But just bear with me. (laughs) The champion. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath whose height was six cubits in a span. It's nine foot, nine inches. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was clothed with with scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shackles of bronze. He also had bronze graves on his legs and bronze javelins slung between his shoulders. And the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the head of the spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield, car- his, his shield carrier also walked before him. And he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up In battle array, am I not the Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then he will become your, we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants and serve us. Again, the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. 
when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, there is a lot to unpack here. And here's what I want to tell you right off the bat. Your enemy is always going to try to impress you with his resume. Come on. But when you look around, you're going to find out he's not as impressive as you think he is. Let me just go on and break this down. You take this pill and it'll get rid of your itch. But it's liable to make your tongue swell up, liable to make, give you the runs. It's liable to... <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? Our enemy doesn't play fair. And he's always trying to get us into a debate. Let me tell you something. When you start debating the devil, you're going to get what Paul called doctrines of demons. See, that right there is where you should go. Amen, brother, I've seen that or waved your hanky because you've all been hung in that somewhere. We get some stupid doctrines of demons like, oh, well, God quit healing back when all the apostles died. If you debate the devil on that, you'll never get healed. There should have been a lot more amens right there. Your word is my weapon. Come on. I sing to them. I speak to the mountains. I tell it to move. Declaring. Come, come on, man. Declaring your truth over every lie that is spoken. Come on, man. I about jumped out of my skin. Your word is my weapon. What are we saying or are we debating? All right. Are y'all hearing me? Listen, when we allow fear and dismay to come in, it, we begin to debate God's word. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Because what happens is when you look those words up, defy and dismay, it, here's what it literally means. It means that Goliath walked down in that valley. He defied. What he did was is he exposed and stripped them of their lack of faith in God's covenant and his word. Are you with me? When Goliath walked down in that valley, he stripped and exposed them of their lack of faith and their lack of of courage in God's covenant and his word. 2020 was the giant that walked down with COVID and said, I defy. Here's what got me about Goliath. Why do you draw up in battle array? Why do you come to church every Sunday? Why do you show up here Every Sunday, you show up, but we don't speak it. Oh, come on. See, we're, we're getting, we're, we're <laughs> come on, they're ramping this thing back up again. COVID exposed the lack of faith in the body of Christ. It exposed how weak the body of Christ in America was. I'm trying to contain myself. The words of the champion dismayed Saul and Israel. Here's what you have to realize. 
We've all, we all get there. Saul had made so many bad decisions because of what he's seen and what he was hearing and what he thought of the people were thinking of him. He made all his decision based on the fear of man. Everyone, his decisions weren't based on the word of God. They were always based on what he seen, what he heard, how he felt. How, come on, is heard, is that not a word? But you heard it. Uh, come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? Y'all heard what I say? And now Israel is living in constant warfare. And the enemy walks down on their land and defies them. Come on. Listen, there, there's going to be a lot of things if you don't hear anything I say here, see this. But hear this. <laughs> Write it down. Put it on your icebox. You don't pray about God's word. You don't pray about it. God's word's God's word. Yeah. It's established. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's constant. It'll never fail you. It'll never, come on. God's word is God's word. You don't pray about it and you dang sure don't debate the devil over it. Yes. Here's what you do. You believe it and you receive it. And you keep saying it and you keep saying it and you keep saying it until you believe it, until you receive it, but don't ever quit. Just because you don't see it and because you don't feel good about it. God's word does not uh, have to have you feeling good about it. Come on, you hear me? Because let me tell you, there's going to be oodles amount of times when Jesus just ain't going to make sense. He's just not going to make sense. And he didn't make sense to them people when he was here spitting on the ground, putting it in their eyeballs. Now, who does that? They just, it blowed their minds. They're like, what did I just see? I guarantee you if he'd have spoken King James, they would, oh, that's fine. What happens when the word isn't in the King James? <gasps> I don't know if I can receive it if it's not in the King James. Well, you... Newsflash, Jesus didn't talk in King James. Listen. You don't realize how the devil is always watching and listening for what's coming out of your mouth. He's listening. That's his job. And let me tell you what the devil does not lack in, that's patience. Here's how we respond. See, Saul was stripped was stripped of God's glory and being exposed. And everybody that followed that line of thinking was being stripped. Psalms 119.50, it says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived me. Come on, that's his word. Come on. Every time the doctors came to Mama and told her about the cancers that was coming to her, she just kept responding with the word. Every time that giant and that mountain stood in front of her, she didn't climb the mountain, she just spoke to it. Kept speaking to it, kept speaking to it. Okay, God, here's what the giant's saying now. I gotta have a word. Here's what the giants are saying now. I got to have a word. 
over and over she would go and get a word and they would comfort her and they, re re and they revived her in her distress. Come on, that's how that works. Good times or bad. Psalms 119.92, I will never forget thy precepts for by them thou hast revived me. Precepts, the word precepts means appointed. A mandate of God for the law. Principle intended especially as a general rule of action. There are principles that God says to us. God told Joshua, do not fear, only be courageous. That is a principle. Do not fear. 365 times in the Bible, do not fear. One for every day. That is a precept from God. Do not fear. And 2020, everybody crumbled in fear. Come on. It is the principle intended especially as a general rule of action. That's why when people get hung up on the word tithe, it's a principle. It isn't a law, it's a principle. It is a general rule of action that rebukes the devourer on our behalf and it allows God to bless us. Oh, man. Go on, write that down. Put that on your icebox too. Do not fear or be dismayed. That's a general rule of action. Our general rule of action is to be thankful, grateful that his word is true. That's why we're thankful and grateful because his word's true. You can stand on it. Philippians 4, turn there. If you got Bibles, if you got your phone, flip there. 4, verse 12. Look what it says. It says, wait a minute. Yeah, verse 12. It says, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's a promise. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Listen, Paul is, and here's the point you need to understand out of all that. Paul is in control of his emotions and his feelings, not his circumstance. That's very important in the days which we live. When you go to the grocery store, try to feed all them kids. Come on, it don't take long to rack up $300 worth of groceries. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Come on. It's easy to, to go to the grocery store, that dead gum Biden, <laughs> right? Biden is not my provider. Trump is not my provider. Whoever you like, God is. And I don't care if the grocery basket is $500, he's still going to provide for me. Because I'm going to be thankful and I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to go over there and put $4 gallon diesel in my truck. Listen, I'm telling you, come on people. I got lots to do. I got a lot of places to go, a lot of people to minister to. And I don't care what the fuel pump says, I'm still going. See, when we change our perspective of how big God is and his love for us, then there's nothing 
we can't do when it comes to fulfilling the mandate on our lives. I've still got a mandate on my life, regardless. Regardless of what the economy's doing, I still got a mandate. Still got to fulfill it. Still got to keep going. The mandate's to be fruitful and multiply. The only way to do that is to go. Go ye into all the world. Don't just hoard up on a corner, build a brick building, put a steeple on it, and just, oh, God, I can't go nowhere, so everybody's got to come to me. Ain't nobody come to you. Nobody like you. <laughs> nobody knows you, and they're all scared of you. Listen, unsaved people are scared of people in the church. Because we've been judgmental, we've been critical, we've been cliquish. This side don't get along with this side. Nobody, no, we got sides and sides. Everybody's got a side. They don't, they can go to the bar and be loved and accepted. Come on. And laugh and have a good time. You come in here and everybody's all. Who I want to. Not in this house. He's happy here. <laughs> Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Look around. Look at all the young people. Look at the lives being changed. Man, when I look up here and I see Seth and Damien, I'm like, God, it's just amazing. God's changing our life, even when we're a mess. Kennedy comes up, praise God. Come on. Man, God's doing something. If you can't see Jesus in that, look at Peanut on the front row. <laughs> see, some of y'all don't know Peanut. <laughs> see, y'all don't know Daniel either. Listen, if y'all knew half the people in here, you'd go, oh my God, this place is a wreck. See, we're just all a mess. God's putting us back together. Just all a mess. We're all a mess. God, if y'all just knew half the crap I did. Some of y'all do. I heard Ann say it from her head. How we respond to what we hear, what we see becomes vital to who is going to define the moment. How we respond. Listen, in our business, in the bulls, the, the last thing you need to do is panic. Panic is not a good thing in our business because you need to learn to, uh, to get yourself out of a bind. I, I remember Johnny told me one time, he said, he said, sometimes, he said, most of the times, you save your life. He said, don't you worry about them bullfighters there. You save you. That's what he taught us. Yeah, they're there, but you save you. He said, sometimes that might mean you have to pull yourself close to that bull till you gather your stuff and go. And I thought, that's crazy. But I'm telling you, it saved my life. I had a bull hook me off his back one time. In the, he hooked me in the top of my head. And what was so funny is nobody would get on this bull in the practice pen. I never see Nobody got on him. Well, then they just, entered, they just put him in the draw. Well, I drew him. And I'll never forget hearing my name and that bull's number next to my name. And then... The next thing I heard was Johnny laughing. <laughs> and he just walked up and he's looking through the bucket chutes and he goes, <laughs> and he just walks off. And I'm thinking, thanks. And I told him, I said, listen, when you flank this sucker, you have him flanked because he was bad in that box. And I mean, he did have a set of stickers on him now. And I was like, you be ready, because it ain't going to take me long. I stood on the back of the bucket chute, and I wore my rope up. Now, what you got to know, this was my first time to ever ride left-handed. 
because this arm was broke and I sawed my cast off. And so I'm warming my rope up from the backside of the bucking chute. And I was like, okay, everybody ready? <laughs> and I just got in and I went. And let me tell you something, about two or three rounds, this sucker is getting it on. And then all of a sudden he caught me right in the top of my head and hooked me off his back. And I'll never, because he was mean. And Dusty was fighting bulls at the time. And I was like, where is he? And I closed my hand. And I waited till Dusty picked him up. And that sucker turned back like that. And I cut him loose. And Mr. Man, I was in a dead run. And I just dove into the stands. Panic is not a good thing. Because he would have mauled the mess out of me. So how we respond is very important to what's going on around us. And it may not be comfortable, but I'm telling you, if you'll wait, listen, the word react means to act in opposition to a force or influence, to move or tend in a reverse direction. See, we have nothing in the word that says back up. We don't have any backup scriptures. What we have is we have Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, that says, therefore, when you've done, listen, that word therefore is very important. Let's look at it. That word therefore is so vitally important because it means, let me find it. It means for that reason. Look what it says in verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. It doesn't say anything about CBS, ABC, Biden, or Democrats, or what. Come on. It doesn't say anything about that. For this reason, for all those forces... In the heavenly places, therefore, for this reason, take up the full armor of God. And then it goes on to stay, say, having done everything to stand firm, period. See, we always say all the time in, in Christian circles, having done everything to stand firm, now I stand. That's not what it says. It says, having done everything you do, Having for this reason, for this reason, putting on the full armor, you put on the full armor and then you stand firm. Then it says, stand firm, therefore. Stand firm for this reason. Stand firm because you got the armor of God on. Come on. Every one of those guys were on that mountain looking in that valley, had armor on. And when the giant came down, they didn't stand firm. They backed up. They ran away. And all they could hear was, this is the champion. Have you not seen this guy? Come on. Aren't you hearing what they're saying? That little dweeb Fauci is on the news again. Oh, my God. How can a little dweeb this walk down and be such a giant? Who made him the Messiah of COVID? Come on, are y'all with me in here? I'm not denying that it's there. I'm just denying it the ability to stay. Oh. See, we respond in chaos and not react to chaos. Come on, you can't react in chaos. You respond to it. Are y'all with me? Because I still got a lot to say. See, I get there's different comfort levels. I get that. 
but it doesn't, we have to stand on the word of God and we have to respond. The word respond means to make an answer. Make an answer. Speak the word. See, everyone on this planet will at some point receive a bad report. And it's important how we respond to that. Psalms 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Listen, when you give thanks, it sets the tone for the very next thought. For the very next thing that comes out of your mouth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. If you don't know anything else, you know that he's going to redeem you from the hand of the adversary that comes walking off into that valley trying to dismay you and trying to discourage you. So be thankful. Listen, you're, hey, I'm big to see God move. See, that's a different response. It sets your thought up for the word that comes out of your mouth, and it also confuses the enemy. He don't know how to handle you not crumbling. Come on. Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. There it is. What are you saying? And delivered them from their destructions. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, for his wonders to the sons of men. Let me tell you, this ain't just Old Testament stuff. This is the word of God that is proven, that is true. It's our history. It's our inheritance. It's a promise. See, you got to go right back to Psalms 119.50. This is my comfort in my affliction that thy word has revived me. The word of God is what? It's our sword. Your word is my weapon. Oh, man. there. Mm. It's our sword. Every warrior has to become skilled with their weapon. Just like we have to become skilled with this weapon. We've got to be skilled in this. We've got to know this. Because let me tell you, we all face a giant or a mountain, and if we don't know what to say or what to speak, come on. Then we get caught up in what we see, what we hear, how we feel. Come on, are y'all with me? See, the word of God is strong. Listen, the thief, the giant is always coming. It's what he said. Why do you draw up in battle array? Why are you coming out against me? Listen, I've never understood why we get into a debate with a loser. It's like getting bull riding advice from a kid who's got his chaps, spurs, and gloves on uh, two hours before the bull riding and at the concession stand. It don't work. That's not the guy. And that's what happens when we start debating the devil. He's a loser. Why do we even go there with him? Come on, are y'all with me? Ephesians 6, 17 says, Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Look what it, he just breaks it down. Which is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. Hebrews 4, 12. Man, let's turn there. Are y'all okay? 
4.12, For the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit in both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him whom we have to do. Listen, here's a clear picture of the power that's in the word of God. It's living, it's active, and it's at work in us and on us and for us. The word of God is working on us, in us, and for us. And there's nothing that God can't see. Every creature is laid bare before him. I don't know why we think we're hiding anything from him. Come on. See, we respond with the word of God and what it says about us. That's what we do. Leviticus 26, verse 3, it says, I shall also eliminate harmful beasts from the land, and no sword will pass through your land. But you will chase your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. By the word, five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand, and your enemies will fall before you by the sword. When we respond with the word of God, man, and what it says, listen, and look at the multiplier. When you get in a bind, where one could put a thousand, two can put ten thousand. Let me tell you something. You get your family on the same page as you. Let, you you want to know what will change your life? When you see your grown children at the altar breaking and worshiping God. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There is nothing on this planet. You know why my kids have been to this altar and on their knees and crying out to God? Because they've seen us live that out. That ain't bragging on us. That's just telling you how to fight this battle. You ain't got, listen, we were up here because we made dumb decisions. We were up here and broken because we done dumb stuff. And we were in constant warfare. But let me tell you something. We broke to God. We didn't break to the situation or the circumstances. And we would always go to them kids and say, we're going to stick this out so you'll know that our God's God. You ain't got to be perfect. You ain't going to be. Let me just break that down. Let me just, for you young parents, at some point you will repent to your kids <laughs> for being dumb. You didn't come with a manual. I'm sorry. The only manual I heard was tear your butt up. And I... Yeah, you're going to screw one of them up. <laughs> hey, I have this hope. At least I didn't leave my kid for two days like Mary left Jesus, the Son of God. We've all got, hey, we're good. We didn't leave the Son of God for two days and not know where he's at and then all of a sudden look around and go, oh, we left one. <laughs> we ain't that messed up, Russell. We got something to look forward to. Come on. Responding is also us asking the right question to what's taking place. Is this a faith test or is this an obedience test? What questions are you asking yourself that challenges you to answer or to be the answer? Or are you being distracted by the noise and the ground clutter that's going on around you? The news cycle, the media circus, the pop-up prophets. Come on. See, we're always going to have the opportunity to fight battles that aren't ours to fight. See, lots of times those fights are going to be brought on because you ask a ridiculous question 
in faith. Because you asked in faith and couldn't believe what you were seeing that everybody else was crumbling to. Come on. 1 Samuel 17, go back there and we'll finish this up. Verse 23. So they're talking. David shows up to the battle. The giants done come down. He's been doing this for 40 days. This giant's coming, coming down. And so he walks down and we'll pick it up in 23. David left the baggages stuff. Now he's going out to greet his brothers. And as he was talking with them, behold the champion. Here it goes. The Philistine from Gath named Goliath. They just keep repeating this stuff. Come on. How many of y'all keep seeing the same repeating crap all the time? The Philistine named Goliath was coming up from the army of the Philistines and he spoke these words and David heard them. I'm telling you right now, that right there stopped me in my tracks because everybody else couldn't hear what the giant was saying because they was too busy looking at him and it was affecting them from hearing what God's word had already said. All they could hear is what Goliath was saying. They couldn't hear what God was saying because they were so wrapped up in what they were seeing. Oh, man. I'm going to have to pass out some hankies. Because that's what's happening right now. We get to seeing and we get to hearing, but we ain't hearing God's word. Jesus always was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Why? Because they weren't hearing. But yeah, they had ears. Come on, what does the word of God say? It says, David heard them. When all the men of Israel saw the man, when they saw the man, oh, that cracks me up. When they saw the man, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. It's like all their learning just blew out the window. Are y'all with me? And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? Have you heard the report? Oh, did you see Hannity last night? Oh, did you see Wolf Blitzer? Did you see? Come on, y'all with me? And the men of Israel, they fled from him. Have you seen this man who is coming up? Surely he is coming up to defy Israel. And it will be that the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, what will be done? Come on, everybody knew somebody was going to do something, but who was it going to be? Nobody was willing to do anything. Come on, man. When there's no pushback, they just keep pushing. When there's no pushback, come on. If we've learned anything in the last year, we learned when we push back, we can cripple one of the biggest beer distributors in the country. Let me tell you something. Bud Light took a butt whooping. Are y'all with me? Why? Because somebody finally pushed back. Somebody pushed back. I don't care what brand you drink. I'm just telling you. We got to push back. At some point, Target, ain't, it ain't getting my business. 
It ain't, it ain't doing it. David spoke to the men who were standing by him. He's asking a question. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Look, then he asked the second question. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of a living God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's trying to defame and expose by stripping? Come on, what did the devil do to Eve when he got in a debate with Eve? Stripped her and exposed her and Adam. That's what you get when you begin to debate the devil over God's word. If we don't ever get a clear picture of not to debate God's word with an enemy, that's it. That's what got us here. Come on. Who is this man who doesn't even have a covenant with Almighty God? The second question was recognizing that Goliath, he doesn't even have a right to be in my face. Look in verse 1 of chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle and they were gathered at Soko. Now I'm going to butcher these words, so just bear with me if you're a Hebrew guy. Which belongs to Judah. Look what it says which belongs to Judah. The Philistines are gathered on land that belongs to Judah. That's David's tribe. And they camp between Soko and Azka in Ephesus. <laughs> damn, 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 something. That word soko means thorn hedge. It means a place protection. It was in the sheepfold. And they were the enemy is always going to try to get in between your protection. And then that other name meant to grub, like you're tilling the ground. See, you have to till the ground. You have to take a hoe and grub out the weeds. The enemy was camped between their protection and them bearing fruit. And he's trying to strip them. He's trying to defame us. Come on. David, one kid, heard an enemy that was trying to rob them on their own land. David's remembering the words of God. David's remembering what God said. Here's what God's word said. I, David is like, wait a minute. What, what, what is going on? Who is this guy that's defying Israel? Who is this guy? He doesn't even have a covenant with my God. How can he not die? How can he not? David responded. He didn't react. When everybody else was reacting, David was, re wait, wait a minute. I'm the answer to this. Not only am I going to be the answer, but dude, I'm fixing to get a good looking chick and no taxes. <laughs> Come on. The enemy's always going to try to get between us protection and bearing fruit. 
John 10, 10, thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and life abundantly. That don't ever change. God's Word never changes. I don't care if it's Old Testament, New Testament, whatever. God's Word is God's Word. It is our weapon. It is our sword. Listen, when you start reading this right here as the absolute truth, it'll start changing your life. Because when you see, listen, this Bible is so relevant for everyday life. It'll change your life. It'll change the circumstances around you. Once you get a hold of it, and once you learn how to start wielding it, every time something comes against you, trying to accept, enemies just camped here. Guess I got to accept it. No. No. You start declaring. Look in verse 45. Here's David's response. Goliath comes down. Goliath is really mad now because he can't even believe this boy is coming at him. And so he begins to tell David he's fixing to give his to the dogs. Here's David's response. David said to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword and spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I believe that God is waiting and pressing us to a place where we stand firm, responding to all this cultural chaos that's happening, that we finally quit just coming to church, drawing up in battle array and doing nothing. But I believe that God is causing a people like David, a whole house full of them, to stand up and say, who are you? And today, your head's coming off. Come on, y'all hearing what I'm saying? You won't take our kids. You won't shove that filth down their throat. Come on. We won't teach this. We won't go down. Come on. It's our duty as covenant people when the enemy walks on our ground to respond with the Word of God. It's our job to occupy. It's our job to be fruitful, multiply. It's not our job to go hide and just, oh, we'll let the preacher take care of it. Come on. David responded. And look what he said in verse 47. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. That's the most powerful verse in the whole Bible because it ain't all the talking heads. It ain't all the degrees and PhDs on the walls. It isn't all, come on. It was a stone and a leather strap that God used. And somebody who was willing to ask a ridiculous question that challenged him to be the answer. Come on. Y'all stand with me. See, we have to change our perspective of God. We have to change our perspective of God. God is not an old man who is just up there in heaven somewhere 
just trying to figure out how he's going to pull this off. Should I go just go, go suck them all out now? No. That's not what God's doing. God is waiting. So that when you and me draw up in battle array, we don't see Peanut's face. We don't see Wendy's face. We don't see Taryn's. What we see is the glory of God. What we see is a faceless army that shows up. Come on. When we draw up, we see people who are asking, is this a faith test or is this obedience test? Is this my battle to fight? What's all this noise? David's brothers were just hammering him. Shut up, you twerp. Come on up, Heather. Is this on? Is Hello? Can y'all hear me? Okay, okay. Um, okay, so I teach children's church, and um, we learn about the full armor of God, and it's so much fun, but I've had a student tell me one time, or ask me, he said, I don't, I don't put on my belt first. You know, there's a lot of little cowboys in here, so right, I don't put on my belt first. And I was like, I, I know, I know, but, you know, I'm trying to keep with Scripture. So, and, but the first thing is, is Paul. stand, probably was cast, I don't remember, uh, stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. The Word of God is consistent. Truth, if for something to be true, it has to be consistent. That's the Word of God. Man, that's good. But if Satan can get you to question the Word, the rest of the armor, he don't even need you to have it on. Wow, that's good. I mean, good. look at now, good, look at Heather. the genders. If he can get you to just question just the truth, just Come the on. word of God, the rest of the armor. Man, that's really good. Wow, that's good, Heather. Man, that's good. Golly. Are you asking the right question? You responding or are you reacting? Are you declaring or are you whining? Are you going to be the answer or are you going to be part of the problem? Come on. These are questions we got to ask. And your question, when you ask it, if it scares you, yeah, it's God. Yeah. Because a lot of times you'll get, ooh, wait, wait a minute. I don't know if I should ask that question. And ask yourself, has my family seen me battling at the altar? Is my family going to know my God's God? Come on, these are questions we all got to ask. Are they going to know my God's God? So what questions are you asking? I don't, it doesn't matter how we feel or what we see or what we hear. But what does God's word say? Are we using God's word as our weapon to get the enemy out of our face? Because I'm telling you, he's going to try to do everything he can to discourage you. Try to get you to accept something. Oh, well, that's just the day in which we live. Come on, are y'all with me? Father, we come to you today and we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, your word challenges us. It challenges us. And Father God, I thank you though. It is true and it is consistent and it's consistently true. And Father, I thank you for that. Lord, we are going to be the ones that define this moment in our life.
we're going to be the ones that define this moment to this generation. And Father, I thank you right now. I pray a hunger and a thirst for more of your word in our lives. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. See you next Sunday. Stay cool. Stay hydrated.